On today's show, the San Diego Padres recently handed out a four-year contract to reliever Wandy Peralta, which begs the question, what's going on with the bullpen? Is it secretly, low-key, under the radar, going to be elite this year despite the absence of Josh Hader? We're going to get into all that and more. Let's get started. You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Padres Podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for Monday, February. That's right, we're already in February, February 5th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You can follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or at L-O underscore Padres if you only want Padres content. Going to be ramping that up because, ladies and gentlemen, we are finally back to five days a week. That's right, you're going to be getting projections and, and takes and... Whatever, you know what I mean? We're going to be doing all sorts of stuff on this channel. Also, follow the YouTube channel, Lockdown Padres on YouTube, if you want to see my crazy hairdo uh, that I will be getting a haircut, I think, on Wednesday for. Um, so be- feel free to do that. And yeah, we're back to five days a week. This is really exciting, honestly. Um, after, you know, a, a pretty chill December and January in off-season mode. And while there's still a long time, we got 53 days until opening day. Shout out Adam Eaton, number 53 of the Padres from 2001, 2005, I think. It was a pitcher, I believe. Not the hitter one. Yeah, not the hitter one. Not the White Sox and Nationals one. I believe it was... I know Adam Eaton was number 53. I think he was 2001, so 2005. Anyway, someone could Google that if they want. And also, guys, feel free to leave your questions in the comments. Going to be getting to all sorts of topics because, again, we're five days a week now, and it is exciting. And today's episode, we are talking about the bullpen. The bullpen is... Wow. I have so many thoughts on the bullpen, and I'm really excited to discuss it because I think that the Padres' bullpen is one of the things that I was most concerned about heading into this offseason, right? Because I think that unlike the rest of the team, starting pitching, offense, I think that that part was a little bit fluky, i.e., I think that the one-loss games, the not hitting with runners in scoring position, Bogarts and Machado uh, being some of the, the worst players in baseball at driving runners in, Trent Grisham, another one, um, Jay Cronenworth, those guys, right? So I do think that um, those things can regress to the mean and that they could be at least average in those spots and be better. But the bullpen, I don't think that was necessarily fluky. And they've clearly prioritized that this offseason. So let's talk about it. But first, guys, really quickly, I just want to mention today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 hits. Oh, wait, no. Ladies and gentlemen, I forgot to mention, the big game is on Sunday, so go check out FanDuel for that. Uh, FanDuel.com slash on to get started. All right, let's get into it. And the first thing that we have to talk about when previewing the Padres' bullpen, um, I do think the Padres' bullpen can be quietly pretty good this year. Um, frankly, because I think that the Padres' bullpen has been quite steady um, in terms of at least, at least not actively being horrible over the past few seasons. That's one thing that has been pretty consistent under Preller, but we got a lot to talk about. And the first thing to mention is Juani Peralta, who I mentioned at the top of the show. Uh, they just signed him, I believe it was on Friday. It was on Thursday or Friday. Let me see if I can pull up the tweet real quick. Um, from Cranton Rosenthal, January 31st. So when the heck was January 31st? Wow, it was on Wednesday. Wow. Oh my God. Uh, well, anyway, they signed him to a four-year, $16.5 million contract. And get this, 
with three opt-outs. So that's about, first of all, that's a $4 million a year salary, which I know initially maybe fans, you might hear that and you hear four years for a guy who had a negative war last year, and you might be a little bit worried about that. Totally understand, but it is $4 million a year, and it's got three opt-outs, um, which I think is interesting because I think that's the Padres basically, dare I say, a little bit similar to what they had done with Michael Waka, where it's basically, okay, we're going to get this guy for cheap, and he's yes, he's on the roster for four years, which could stink, but if he outperforms his peripherals, then he's going to have the, the um, what's it called, the... the um, the motivation to potentially seek another deal elsewhere. So you could get like a really great year out of him. And yes, that means that he will then leave. But if he's bad, you're also getting a pretty cheap reliever who has at the minimum shown that he can just throw innings for you and be pretty solid. Um, this last season that he had for the Yankees wasn't great. His peripherals weren't great. Again, like I said, negative F4 last year, negative 0.5, um, despite a 2.83 ERA. So you might be wondering, what the heck? Now, this is why I don't like using war for pitchers all the time. Because my thing is, I get that the peripherals were bad, and it seems like he got really lucky. The home run fly ball rate wasn't great either, uh, by the way. But it does seem like he got lucky. 2.83 ERA. His expected ERA was 4.7 and a 5 FIP, uh, 4.5 XFIP. Uh, a big part of that is because of the increase in walk rate um, last year. He went from 7.6% in 2022 to 13.2% walk rate in 2023. So he was a little bit wild. But even still... Yeah, I get it that the expected stats aren't good, but my thing is, like, bottom line, though, is he had a 2.83 ERA, so just for right now, why was the war so low? That's just, that. this is why I don't necessarily like war for pitchers. For example, Blake Snell uh, had the lowest ERA in baseball, and I don't think he was up there in war amongst pitchers. That's actually a better example of why I don't like using it. I like win probability um, added, usually for pitchers instead of war, but that's just a personal preference. Um, Juan Peralta, though, before that, was really effective. Um, in 2022, really effective for the Yankees, um, ever since they acquired him from the Giants um, and such. And I forgot who they acquired him, or who, who was on after the Giants, actually. Um, but with the Yankees, 2.72 ERA. His expected ERA was good at 2.66. FIP at 2.86. XFIP 3.61. Really, really high-quality reliever who isn't necessarily a strikeout machine, but he can certainly get them every now and then. Yes, he can be a little bit wild, but... Really good reliever in 2022, so I think the Padres are basically betting that last year was just weird and that the uptick in walk rate isn't permanent. However, that's not a guarantee because he is an age 32 reliever, so there is some concern that, like, well, maybe this is age and he's going to start, like, falling apart, so that's totally possible. Um, I personally would have preferred Keenan Middleton, uh, who the Cardinals just signed. Um, the other day, and I've been talking about him on the podcast for a while that I thought that that was the guy that they should target because he doesn't have the same age, and unlike um, Wandy, I don't think that there is necessarily as many red flags that he might have already given us what his best was. I think that Keenan Milton can be a little bit better, but Padres opted for Wandy Peralta, so that's where they are. And one thing that it does show us, objectively speaking, depending on how you feel about him as a player and what he could do for the team, I'm more optimistic than most, especially with Rubinieba cooking uh, in that kitchen uh, for the pitching side of ours, is that the Padres have prioritized bullpen, clearly, this offseason. Um, and I think that makes the most sense. I've talked about this before, but um, the Padres, when it came to their bullpen last year, in high leverage situations, and when you look at win probability added as well, they weren't as good as their straight up ERA, by the way, which, by the way, for the record, they finished 10th in ERA, 3.80, and then they finished 20th in FIP. So that's a huge difference between those two. Like, that's a drastic difference between the two, 4.21 FIP. I really think that if you watch the Padres last year, don't get me wrong. It's not that their bullpen was, like, horrendous. It wasn't horrendous. It wasn't awful. 
But it was losing them games. And it was one of those things where, and this is what happens when you have a bad season in baseball, when one thing starts to finally go well, another thing will fall apart. So, for example, um, the offense. When it finally hit with runners in scoring position, the bullpen would blow the lead. When the team gave up three runs early from the starting pitcher, and then you would bring in the bullpen and they'd lock it down. You wouldn't have to worry about having to get more runs. Then the offense wouldn't show up. That was kind of the issue with the Padres last year. But I think that this isn't as much about luck as I think it was with the offense, where my thing is like, this is just insane that Xander Bogarts, Manny Machado, Tatis, and Soto can't drive in runs like consistently at the top of the lineup. It's just so, that's just weird and doesn't make sense. And I don't think that that's replicable. Um, with the bullpen, my thing is you're losing Josh Hader, right? You're losing Josh Hader, and in fact, the as Fangraphs noted in their Zips projections, there's only six pitchers that are projected to have an ERA plus above 100. And two of them, Blake Snell and definitely Josh Hader, aren't with the team anymore. All right, Blake Snell, I actually am wondering a little bit. I'm starting to really wonder like a tiny bit if it's still possible. I don't necessarily want to. I think that they want to rightfully look ahead to next year's free agent class, which features names like Max Freed, for example, who and potentially Corbin Burns who I know just got traded to the Orioles, but potentially. Um, so that would be my thing. I think that while the the bullpen was um, not the worst in terms of ERA, I think that some of the advanced stats, I think if you looked at the win probability, you look at how they performed in high leverage situations, it was just really rough. And I don't think that unlike the name value of the, the Tatis, Machado, Bogarts, and some of those other players, that it was as fluky. You know what I mean? I don't know if the bullpen is all that great. Um, so that's what I'm worried about. But they clearly have decided to focus on that this offseason with Yuki Matsui, Wusak Go, Wandi Peralta, um, and, and, and Neil De Los Santos. You know what I mean? Like, they brought a lot of different people in there. And I like that. I like that the, the Padres basically said, like, let's fix this. Let's uh, um, bring more of our assets in this direction. Not to mention um, acquisitions of players like Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez. Those guys could potentially be a fixture in the bullpen. There's still a lot of, like unknowns with what the bullpen will thin out. I think that we know it's going to feature some assortment of, you know, Robert Suarez is probably going to be involved there, for good or worse. Matsui, like I mentioned, Cosgrove, Peralta, maybe Alec Jacobs, Stephen Wilson will probably, and Daniel De Los Santos will be in there, and Musoko will probably be in there. But guys like Mona Hohen might even sneak in a couple appearances, right? And then again, hey, they picked up Luis Patino off waivers. Maybe that guy they could turn into being, yeah, his top-level prospect stuff seems to have faded and he's a bust in that respect, but maybe they can figure him out. I mean, they're the ones that had him in the farm for so long. Maybe they figure him out as a reliever um, who I think might have just been damaged by injuries, similar to an extent with what they did with Brent Honeywell last year. And I know that Brent Honeywell didn't end up staying with the team and, it, it you know, he just didn't have it overall. But, hey, maybe you get a couple, like, month and a half out of him. Again, this stuff matters, especially if we're talking about, like, just trying to win games and make the postseason. Um, for a team that only had to do the bare minimum last year to make the postseason, hopefully they do the bare minimum this year. So that's why I'm bringing up all these, like, little tiny things. Um, and I'm excited about it. And I think that the one of the criticisms will be, well, you lose Hater, and my thing is... You lose Hader, and then you lose Scott Barlow, but you turn that into a bunch of new relievers, right? From Matsui, Go, um, uh, Awandi Peralta, and, and Dos Santos, that I kind of like the idea of saying, you know what, we've had these big type of closers already, and that hasn't always tracked into making a complete great bullpen for us.
I'm going to explain more of that in just a second, guys. But before we get into that, before we dive even deeper into this Padres bullpen that I think can secretly be quite effective this next year, let me just take a second to talk to you guys about one of our favorites, one of our legends. They got our back always, man. It's FanDuel, ladies and gentlemen. Happy big game week to all who celebrate America's number one sportsbook. If you're like me, ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks. Maybe you're, maybe, hey, maybe even send in some baseball snacks there. I ain't judging. You could do You want to get some Cracker Jack? Do you, man? Hey, do you. The world's getting crazy out here. Enjoy yourself. But I like doing that, hang out with some friends. And then maybe, if you want, you can play some Super Bowl bets, ladies and gentlemen. And there's all sorts of things. What I like is about the Super Bowl is that there's so many, like, everyone's kind of a part of it. You know what I mean? So it's just a little bit more fun. Hey, maybe you do those box things. I don't know how to explain it right now. It's hard. It's complicated. But you do that. Maybe you want to bet on the Gatorade and on all those those prop bowl bets. Maybe you want to bet on if Taylor Swift proposes and vice versa to Travis Kelsey. I don't know. But they got you covered there, guys. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl 58, in fact, um, they also have bets for all the other things. Which players will score the most touchdowns? How many points will be scored? Much, much more. New customers join today and you'll get $200. $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. For example, maybe you just bet 5 bucks on Pat Mahomes to win the Super Bowl. It's a pretty decent deal. You know what I mean? Like, bet him to win Super Bowl MVP. That's a pretty decent bet. So, guys, check that out. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Fandle.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with Fandle, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And just like that, ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on the Locked On Padres podcast. Doing well, hopefully, on this Monday. I hope you are all having a very lovely Monday as well. Um, because I certainly am, because I'm doing this podcast again, and I love talking to all my listeners and viewers. Let's continue talking about the bullpen. So we mentioned Wandy, and we broke down kind of my main vibe about the bullpen, that I think that it's good that they've decided to invest in it. Um, I think that the bullpen, while don't get me wrong, I don't think that uh, the the loss of Hater is going to be not felt at all, right? I'm not saying that. But one of the things I think is interesting is two things. First, let's talk about Robert Suarez really quickly. Robert Suarez, I think... Uh, I think Robert Suarez is one of the most intriguing players on this entire team this year because if you look at him in 2023 he still had some stuff that was good his changeup was pretty effective had a good run value on it good win uh, with percentage you know hitters were not getting on base at all against it and the bad is that basically and I've said this many many times so my apologies for repeating myself all the strikeout stuff all the swing and miss stuff went down dramatically just starting from the strikeout rate 31.9 percent in 2022 uh, 31.9%, and then 22.2% this past year. Wow. Um, and again, there's there's a lot to get into here because my thing is, I'm worried about Robert Suarez and how this might be one of those Preller moments that we all criticize him for, which is that, you know, you bought high. And you said you got really infatuated in the moment, and then you extended this guy when you probably should have waited a little bit longer and or just found another guy. But my thing is this. His velocity is still up there. He's still got great extension. He can still generate a decent amount of ground balls, too. 
And most importantly, most importantly, he was hurt last year. Not when he was pitching. I'm saying that he entered the season hurt. So my thing is, my thing is, a guy who's able to generate that many whiffs on his pitches, I just think that in, if you look at 2022 when he was fully healthy, I think we can expect this guy to come back and at least be a little bit better. I am worried, don't get me wrong, but it's not like the velo went down. You know what I mean? In 2022, his fastball velocity, 97.9, like I said, 97.7 this year. His um, changeup was 89 still. It was still None of the velocity changes really happened here. Right with him, and if if that had happened, then I'd be like, okay, this is a little bit more concerning. I think he was just a little bit off, and he wasn't um, measuring his pitches well. I don't think that he was timing them well. I don't think they were necessarily always being called well. I think that Robert Suarez can still be effective. Um, I'm worried. Don't get me wrong, but considering the injury, considering that it was just a lost season in general, the Padres bullpen was in flux all year. That I'm willing to chalk that up and say, can he be somewhere between what he was this past year? And what he was when he was good in 2022. I absolutely think he can. I really do. This past year, expected ERA also was a full run lower than his actual ERA, which was 4.23. Expected ERA of 3.23. And then the year before that, he had an ERA of 2.27. And a full run higher in expected ERA of 3.27. But those are all good. Everything seems solid. I'm not freaking out here on Robert Suarez just yet. At least for now. If we start this 2023 season and a month in, he still looks like what we saw in 2023, then you can start panicking. But for me, I think Robert Suarez is a huge wild card. I'm not giving up yet because of the injury, because of how long it took him to get back. I just think he was he was uneven. He's still a little bit older and he's still young in terms of major league experience. Like he, I know he's 30 years old, but like this is his second season. Like it's kind of crazy that he was a rookie. And again, Preller, right? Like why did you extend a rookie? That could also use it, be used against him. You could say, well, maybe batters figured him out in year two, right? Because he was a rookie, he was a new guy on the scene, and now they figured him out. That's totally fair. But my personal opinion is ground ball rate's still good. He still has the extension. He still can throw really hard and can still throw gas. I just think that it was a little bit off for him. You know what I mean? And maybe it wasn't even that bad. It was just like you wait all year for this, essentially the closer of the future, to come back, and then he's a mess. So we'll see, but I believe in Robert Suarez. I think he's a big wild card for this team. And also, I think that the other thing is the Padres clearly have decided that, in my opinion anyway, um, I keep saying that. Like, yeah, no, duh, it's my opinion. Anyway, the Padres, I think, looked at what happened this offseason, and they looked at what the free agents are, and they said, we need pitching because a lot of these guys we're not going to be able to afford. The, the top flight starters, your, your Aaron Nolas, your Jordan Montgomery's, maybe your Blake Snell's um, potentially, right? Like those type of pitchers. I think they decided we can't afford that. So they said, let's instead go after the bullpen, which we think was actually not all that fluky. We actually think the bullpen wasn't very good last year. And I like that. I think they believe in Robert Suarez still. I think there's still potential there. But adding those other guys, I think is great. And another thing, you might be wondering, well, well Javi, when are you going to like acknowledge that they lost Josh Hader? I will right now. Here's the thing with Josh Hader. He was excellent last year. Best reliever basically in baseball. He was awesome. This past year, the Padres bullpen was 10th in ERA and 20th in FIP. Last year, in 2022, they were 14th in ERA and 9th in FIP. I find that interesting. 2021, they were they were 5th in ERA and then 13th in FIP. 
And the year before that, they were 14th in ERA, but that was 2020, so whatever. What I'm basically getting at here is this. Those ERA numbers in 2021 especially, that was the Mark Melanson year when he was awesome, at least especially in the first half, and I know that they fell off, but my thing is you don't need to have this high-priced closer. It would be nice. Don't get me wrong. I would love to still be able to have Josh Hader. I would not object to having him in a vacuum. But look at those 2021 numbers. They didn't have no closer that was making $22 million a year, whatever the heck Josh Hader is making right now. I don't have it in front of me. Let me look it up. Heck, let me see. Josh Hader. What do you make of this here? Yes, you little, you little goofball. He's making $19 million. $19 million is about what it costs for every reliever that the Padres have acquired this offseason. So the Padres decided, instead of having this high-priced closer, and they've had elite closers before. Kirby Yates had some really good years. Trevor Rosenthal in 2020 was really good. Mark Melanson, like I said, in 2021 was really good. So instead of hunting and going big on some of these relievers, maybe even your Jordan Hicks type, although granted, the Giants might be using him as a starter, so that's a different situation. If you look at those numbers, it says... Well, we didn't have Hader in 2021. We had Mark Melanson, and we were still able to be really effective. They have stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. Part of that was also, like, you had, um, you know, Luis Garcia was really effective for them in 2022. And if you look at 2022, they didn't have Josh Hader until the second half. So my thing is, I just think that this shows you uh, at a very bare-bones way. Yeah, I know it's a little bit, maybe I cherry-picked a little bit of the stats, but I think that shows you the Padres' bullpen has been good before, and they didn't have some high superstar, you know, blockbuster, high roller reliever on their payroll, you know, and which is why I've always been against it. I'm a, I'm for having the good reliever, but like paying big on one, I just think like, what if that guy gets hurt? What if it goes wrong? Then that's like 19 million that you could be spending on like a position player and another starting pitcher, right? So I am totally for that. And I think that the Padres decided, like I said before, crazy market right now, let's just improve our bullpen. And I think that they can. I think that they can. And I'm going to talk about a couple more of those arms in just a second to fin out the rest of the bullpen. But before we get into that, guys, just a few messages from our sponsors. And just like that, ladies and gentlemen, we are back on Lockdown Padres Podcast. Feel free to subscribe. Feel free to say hi to my face or make fun of my face. Frankly, I don't care. You can do whatever you want. I do look a little scruffy, shaggy dog looking right now. Uh, go check out Lockdown Padres on YouTube. Really happy to be back. Let's talk about each um, player in the bullpen um, a little bit and give my thoughts on each one of them really, really quickly. Because I think each one of them I've already discussed to an extent. Don't get me wrong. But with Robert Suarez, like I said, the changeup is still good. The velo is still good. He can. It's just that the strikeouts weren't there. I'm worried, but I'm not panicking. I'm worried that people may maybe figured him out, but he was hurt, and he can still throw gas. And at the minimum, can he just be solid? Can he be as good as Steven Wilson was last year? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe he can. Yuki Matsui is the new one, and I think that he's the most exciting, fun one. Frankly, I think it's super fun that they got both Yuki Matsui from the... Um, um, uh, from Japan, and then you have um, Musako from the KBO. I think it's they're both really exciting. And it's just fun to have those guys on the team. Then you have Hassan Kim. It's it's fun out here. We have all we have all these players, and I, I'm really excited about what he could do. And Matsui was like a closer star, um, for sure. Don't get me wrong. He had trouble at points, um, and it's probably going to take him some time. It took Suarez and Martinez some time to adjust. You know, from transitioning from Japan to the majors, the NPB. Uh, league, uh, don't get me wrong, but 2.4 K 
ERA, 31.9% strikeout rate, and the movement on some of his pitches is nasty. So Matsui's one of those that, like, it actually wouldn't surprise me if he's the closer at some point. I don't think it'll happen immediately, though. Um, I think that he could become the closer eventually, um, and it might take some time for him to be great. This might be a guy who's awesome next year, frankly. Like, maybe next year? Would it shock me if, like, this is a top 10 reliever next year? No. It would not. And I don't think that this transition is going to kill him. I don't. I think that the, the movement is good, and it will make up for the fact that he's not necessarily a guy that overpowers people with with velocity. That's fine. Next up, Tom Cosgrove, the most underrated player on the Padres. Dare I say. Dare I say. So we're talking about Suarez as well. Tom Cosgrove. Um, here's the thing with him. Not a big strikeout guy. 17.7% um, um, strikeout to walk ratio last year. Versus, versus lefties, my apologies. Um, I think that this is a dude, you, you need guys like this. You need guys that just bottom line, they might not get a lot of strikeouts. They might be a little bit of a specialist if you could look at lefty-righty, the splits. But overall, I think you look at this and say, the guy limits contact, and that's really effective. And I think that Cosgrove, again, he was so underrated. He was one of the only bullpen arms that was trustworthy last year. Uh, for the Padres, finished with a 0.6 war, 1.75 ERA, 3.7 FIP, but that's always going to be high when you have an ERA that low. Um, especially, it's hard to judge the, I don't want to use FIP too much because I think that the Padres are staying with their defense. Like, I think everything's going to be great. If anything, you could get better with the absence of Soto, so I'm not really super concerned about that. Um, and I don't think that there was anything fluky, necessarily, about what Tom Cosgrove did, at least from what I've looked at, what I dove into. Again, don't get me wrong, a little bit of a specialist. That's the only weakness against Cosgrove. Strikeout rate, 25.3% against lefties, 19 against righties. Um, you know, walk rate goes up against righties. He's a little bit more of a specialist. But again, I think that that's okay because it's not like he's the main guy in the bullpen. We've already talked about Suarez and Matsui just for one thing. Let's keep let's keep going though. Let's keep going. In terms of other additions, um, let me talk to you about Enio De Los Santos. Career versus righties, he's very good. Career versus lefties, not so much. So guess what I'm getting at here, ladies and gentlemen. We got ourselves a little bit of a split here. Um, he's a lot better versus righties, while Cosgrove is a lot better versus lefties, right? For um, Enel De Los Santos, 5.06 FIP against lefties. Not very good there. So that's one of the weaknesses, and I think, again, they traded... Um, they, I think we talked about this already, but the trade of Enel De Los Santos for Scott Barlow, I think they decided that they wanted the higher floor while and in, in exchange for also getting some salary relief that Scott Barlow would have cost. I'm still worried that he's going to be awesome for Cleveland this year. I am. But I think that in the Padres situation, I think it's a win-win for both. But again, versus righties, like 27.9% strikeout rate. Really, really, really good stuff. So that's what they're probably going to do with Santos and with um, Cosgrove. Those guys. And then Matsui and Suarez could potentially be the guys that I would look at as being the potential closers on this team. And that's not all. They've got Jairo Iriarte. Can he be in, um, interesting? Maybe. Maybe they use him as a bullpen guy. I don't know. Um, I think that there's just so many interesting arms here. Alec Jacob. Alec Jacob. Just had a lot of hype, I think, among Padres fans. Um, Alec Jacob. And he was good in his very brief you know, debut last year. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he only pitched a few innings. Let me just see. Yeah, he only pitched three innings. My bad. Uh, he, wow, I thought it, I thought he had two appearances. Okay, I was wrong. But didn't give up any runs. That was cool. Looked really good um, in the three innings that he pitched. 
So that's really good. I thought he went like six or something like that. I guess I was wrong. But Alec Jacob, is he secretly this diamond in the rough? Could be. And especially because it's not like it came out of nowhere. He did have some hype in the minors. Um, and then Steven Wilson, I talked about him a few weeks ago. I just think that this guy has more. I think that the slider is elite. I think that everything he does, it just didn't match the ERA with what his actual stuff was. Um, and speaking of stuff, Stuff Plus loves this guy um, last time I checked. So I still think he can be really, really effective and a guy that's really trustworthy. Um, I talked about it before. The one thing with him, while he can get a strikeout every now and then, and while he does limit hard hit stuff, uh, doesn't get a lot of ground balls, so I'm worried about that, and doesn't get a lot of chases. So again, I'm really curious to see what happens. I think he needs to be throwing his, um, what's it called? I think he needs to improve on his changeup. His changeup was, or not his changeup, I'm sorry. Let me, let me check my numbers again real quickly. Slider cutter, what was it that he messed up with last year? Let me see here, let me see here, let me see, let me see, let me see. I can't find it, but regardless, I think that some of his pitch usage needs to get a little bit better, particularly his changeup. If he can do that a little bit better, make it more of a genuine put-away pitch, because that's what he uses. Um, if you look at put-away percentage, the thing he uses the most as a thing to strike out, guys, is his changeup, while in 2022, is a little bit more varied, uh, a little bit more variety. With sometimes it was his fastball, sometimes it was this, it was a sweeper, sometimes it was a slider, and then sometimes it was changeup. So it was a little bit more variety there. I think some tinkering can turn him really, really good. And like I said, Stuff Plus loves him, um, even if they don't always um, the numbers on the field don't match. Um, and also, yes, I understand who, his whiff rate declined, but I think that that was the pitch mix, and I think that you can hopefully change that up a little bit. Pedro Avila is another guy. I don't think this guy is worth really talking about all that much. Nice ground ball rate with two pitches, um, and he would get a whiff rate, but all the advanced models don't like him. I would prefer him as a long-inning relief guy, though, rather than a starter, which is what I think they might use him for. Um, and then the rest of, basically, the Padres' bullpen is a lot of unknowns. Um, Wusak Go being a little bit more of an unknown, but that's because he's recent, and he is one that is a high upside, low downside deal which is why I'm excited for him. Once upon a time, this was a dude that people thought might command like 10 million um, coming to to um, major leagues. But he's declined since then. That's one of the things that we talked about when we talked about the Wusak Go signing. So they signed him for a lot less, and if you can get back what he was, when he was more highly um, regarded, 2019-2020 range, 2021 range, then that guy could be a steal for two years, four million. So again, I say all of this to say, I really like the Padres bullpen for this year, and I think that there's really big upside, and it has a lot of, I'm going to use this a lot, it's a basketball term, but screw it. This Padres team has a lot of Ewing theory going for it. Ewing theory is something that was coined by Bill Simmons, who does basketball stuff, and he basically, it was basically a theory about how, why were the Knicks better that year after they lost Patrick Ewing, who was like their Hall of Fame player, right? And the Padres have it with the bullpen, they have it with starting pitching, and they have it with the batting. And with the bullpen, it's losing Josh Hader. Wow. Doesn't it sound like, guys, I want you to just envision. Doesn't it sound like you can smell the story of, like, wow, Padres somehow, it's a little, dare I say, a little Moneyball-esque. If they got better while losing Snell, Soto, and Hader, I think the likeliest is that the bullpen could be better. I do believe that. I think that they retooled it. I trust Niebla, and I trust the fact that the Padres have actually been like top 10, top 15 or so in ERA um, for the past few years with their bullpen, even without 
like a top level closer in Josh Hader. I think they can be really effective there. And I like that they have so many options, so many options and so many unproven guys. I talked about Iriarte. I talked about Pedro Avila. I talked about Alec Jacob, right? Like they have all of these unproven guys too. And then just who knows what they do. Johnny Brito and Randy Vasquez in the Yankees trade with Soto. So I think that that area can actually be a lot better. I'm a little bit worried about starting pitching. For sure. I don't know if that one will fit the Ewing theory. I think that that one will be more a question of what do you get out of you, Darvish, if he's healthy um, and if your prospects are ready. And then the batting side, I think that that will be better in the sense of they'll just not be heinous with driving runs in. You know what I mean? Obviously, the lineup is better with Soto, but I think that it'll just be a regression to the mean. But I think that's what it will be. I don't think it'll be better because they don't have him. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit of Ewing theory vibes, but I think it's more just like they were ridiculously unclutched last year and that's not going to happen again at least in my opinion um so yeah that's the word i'm going to use ewing theory with the padres bullpen i i just think that there's a lot of really enticing stuff here i still believe in suarez i think cosgrove's still going to be good i think that you know there's still time maybe they want to make another move maybe they're going to trade some of those back-end guys that haven't worked out for them maybe a pedro avila Adrian Morahon could be part of a package elsewhere. Maybe they send it with the Hassan Kim rumors. I don't know. And maybe they improve elsewhere. But in terms of right now, I like the Padres bullpen. I like the upside. And I like the fact that they decided to prioritize it because they knew starting pitching is not going to be that attainable for us. This market is really top-heavy. And as a result, there's probably been crazy deals and proposals. Like I think one of them was like, a 30 million a year for Blake Snell, like it's just it's getting really crazy out there. So the Padres decide let's just improve our bullpen, and we'll worry about starting pitching with the farm system and with potentially getting some low tier guys. I talked about you know Alex Wood, I talked about um, some other pitchers there. So I think that's where they need to improve. But I really do believe there's one takeaway from this podcast is that I think that the Padres bullpen can low key be really really effective. And yes, I understand that Wandy Peralta contract is so weird, the three opt outs, but hey, it worked with Waka last year. Maybe they know something. Maybe they're like, yeah, if he outperforms his stats for this year, no problem. You know, he could elect free agency and we'll just find another guy. And if he isn't, then, oh, well, he's a $4 million a year guy. That's not going to kill us. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There you go. With that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast, the only pod that may be better than the Padres themselves. In terms of the future of this show, tomorrow, I don't know exactly what order we're going to be going in. Uh, I might be talking about Hassan Kim trade possibilities um, on tomorrow's episode. Might not. I don't know for sure what direction I want to go just yet. Um, But so many fun things. We're going to rank the Padres. We're going to be talking about former targets just to see, like, where are they now? Uh, Looking at former uh, the remaining free agents. Biggest biggest X factors. All sorts of fun stuff. Doing projections. Doing some hot take predictions. We're, we're, We're thriving, folks. We're thriving. We are so back. We have never been more back than we are now. I'm telling you, I have a good feeling about this Padres year. But until next time, stay safe, and of course, stay faithful, my fire faithful homies. Take care.